TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place in the Twin Cities where you're going to get Vikings talk and NFL talk five days a week. You can find it, like I said, on AM1500, scorenorth.com. And this particular show streams every weekday at noon on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. If you want to get in on the Vikings talk, 651-646-8255 is the number to dial. We welcome your calls. You can also tweet us at Score North, S-K-O-R North. I'm Rami Makloff. I got Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Matthew Collar was supposed to be here, but uh, Vikings are holding uh, some press conferences today, a press conference, I should say, to introduce some of their new assistant coaches. So he's out at that. We will check in with Matthew coming up at about 12.20. And at 12.40, Manny, how... um how high of regard do people hold Adam Thielen in the Twin Cities and around the state of Minnesota? That's a good talker. Um, because I feel like I might upset some people with something that I'm going to say at 1240. Okay. Something that Lewis Riddick said first. I, I'm going to throw him under the bus. He said it first on ESPN <laughs> and got me thinking. So don't shoot the messenger, About right? this whole Adam Thielen contract situation. <laughs> well, no, he said it. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? He's kind of right. But we'll get to that at, at 1240. You know what I like about uh, Judd not being here today? I usually do Purple Daily with Judd. And uh, I was supposed to do it with Matthew today. But like I said, he's out at the uh, at the press conference. I get to sit in the seat where I don't look as fat on the on the live stream. It's, it's I was str- wondering why you came in yeah, and you no, sat in that chair instead. This is this is the best chair to sit in for the live stream. <laughs> this is the, the straight on. My silhouette is just not. It's just it's not for. It's not made for camera, man. The, the silhouette, not, the face, the body is just not made for camera. So uh, I I am glad I got this seat today. Is Collar going to be in? In time for his show at two o'clock after the press conference, or am I hosting every show on Score That will uh, be interesting. We'll see. We'll have to, uh, we'll we'll see have to check with Matthew when we get him on. But out of the gates, we wanted to uh, take a look at uh, an article from ESPN.com, and uh, they went around looking how how teams around the NFL can get out of salary cap hell. And uh, Courtney Cronin, our very own, who you can catch on this show on Tuesdays along with Matthew Collar, she handled the duties for the uh, the Minnesota Vikings and some options that they have to clear some space, Manny. And it actually leads right into our position-by-position breakdown and, and the, the position we were planning to get to today, which is defensive line. They have some interesting choices there that could free up some money. But between you and me, Manny, and if you want to get in at 651-6466, I wanted to take a look at the the options that they have to clear some money and see how much money you and I can clear for the Minnesota Vikings to go into free agency. Sound good? That works for me. All right. So the first the first uh, facet that she looks at is clearing out or restructuring along the offensive line. She uh, first brings up Riley Reef, who has a cap figure of eleven point seven million dollars. They don't have a lot of wiggle room with with Riley Reef. They they will probably move him to guard. But as far as the money goes, he's he's he would be a big cap hit if they let him go or if if they just cut him and let him go. So mm-hmm. Riley Reef, you are stuck with that $11.7 million. Then she looks at tackle turned guard Mike Remmers. He has a $6.35 million cap hit, but if they cut him, it would come with a uh, just $1.8 million in dead money. So that would free up about $4.55 million. Are you willing to let go of Mike Remmers? 
Manny Hill and save yourself four point five five million. Yes. Okay. So and and I am because he was moved to right guard in twenty eighteen and he was not good there. He was the best option there, unfortunately. Um, but he wasn't good there and they need to somehow, some way upgrade that position. And I think with that with that cap number and he's probably not going to be a starting tackle on, on on either tackle spot. I think Brian O'Neill is probably in in a good position to to be the right tackle. I think it's uh, I think it's opening things up for Mike Remmers to uh, to be cut and so moved we, on from. We just saved the Vikings for a little over four and a half million dollars, just like that. See okay. see that see how easy that is, people. <laughs> she said Courtney says you could also uh, opt to release the likes of Danny Isadora, who makes just over a half a million dollars, and Aviante Collins, who makes just over six hundred thousand dollars. If they're looking to totally revamp the offensive line, do you want to go that far, Manny, or should we stop with Remmers and the four and a half million that? we saved and keep that O-line depth. I'll probably stop with Remmers. The okay. thing the the thing with like Isadora, like Isadora was basically Remmers backup at right guard. Right. So it's like if Remmers wasn't if Remmers played right guard and he wasn't very good there and he was your best option, I mean at this point it's like you're probably looking at Danny Isadora and saying, "Okay, well, I mean are, 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 you, are they going to go in a different direction as like a backup guard or something like that? Right. I don't now know. you're really you're really cleaning out the cupboard. Yeah, and, and you're going you to have to. You got to have bodies. I was going to say you're going to have to replace those guys with somebody, and they're not going to come much cheaper than six hundred forty-five thousand dollars that Collins makes, or the five hundred ninety-four thousand that Isadora makes. So right. it's really at the end of the day, that's not going to save you any money at all because, like you said, you're going to get bodies to fill those mm-hmm. positions. And they're going to cost make, you. They're going to make around that, if not more. Uh, then Courtney looks at the cornerback position, and this is something that we've talked about before, and this is probably where they stand to save the most money in terms of one player, and she throws out there again the idea of trading Xavier Rhodes because of the depth that they've they've developed behind him, and it would free up $13.4 million in cap space, Manny. That's, that's a big number right there if you yeah. can find a taker for Xavier Rhodes. And in a trade, in most trades at least, it, it, it doesn't come with the the dead money that often comes if you cut a guy during the contract. It, you, you're totally free and clear of $13.4 million if you let Xavier Rhodes go, if you can find a taker in a trade. Are you willing to go there? Oh, it, it's a tough one. I would think about it. I'm not sure I would do it. Um, I mean, the thing with Xavier is when he's healthy, and that, that has, I think, the last, when we saw how he performed in 2018 this, that's a big if if he's healthy he's really 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 good um but i think the the it is fair to question whether or not he can continue to stay healthy though because he dealt with a lot of injuries uh in in 2018 so you you start to wonder if if that is something that's going to linger and continue but when he's healthy, man, he's he's as good as there is I think, as, a, as, a, as a cover corner in the NFL. I think Xavier Rhodes is a very good football player and yeah. probably closer to what we saw in 2017 than what we saw last year. I brought this up before when we talked about Xavier Rhodes. He was on the field for the majority of the season, but that doesn't mean that he was healthy and right. he and he was and he was you know peak Xavier Rhodes. And I still think that he has good football left in him, but the area the arrow is rarely pointing up with a guy who's reached age 30 mm-hmm. you know what i mean so his, I his think he turns 
I think he turns 29 this year. His 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 the majority of his best years are probably behind him and the luxury that you have as Courtney points out here and as Judd has pointed out numerous times on this show, you have some depth behind him and you have what's supposed to be a defensive-minded borderline defensive wizard head coach yeah. in Mike Zimmer like make something out of somebody else. You and, know what I mean? If it saves you $13.4 million, one of these other guys can step up, and Mike Zimmer should be able to put him in a spot where he looks pretty good. And on top of that, too, not only do you have a head coach that is highly regarded as a strong defensive mind in this league, particularly in that area of defense, in the secondary right. with cornerbacks and safeties, that is that has really been Mike Zimmer's bread and butter. He's really shown over the years that he can really develop guys in those positions, and to Courtney's point and the point that you just made, you've got depth there. You've got Mike Hughes coming back from from the ACL, and we'll see how he looks when he comes back from an injury like that. But you have you drafted him in the first round last year, so you obviously you think very highly of him. You got really good contributions out of Holton Hill last year in the second half of the season. I mean, you have Trey Waynes, and you know he's another guy that you could look at maybe you know letting go. Uh, in free agency because he has a pretty pretty high cab number too. But mm-hmm. you've got options in the secondary. You've got options at cornerback. And while losing Rhodes would be tough because he's, I think, without question, their best guy in terms of rubber right. corners. Yeah. I mean, you've got other guys. You have other options. It's not like you're depleted of so that th- position. I so it's something just, to definitely think about. I think we just talked ourselves into trading Xavier Rhodes and saving $13.4 million. I think that's what just get, happened get a there. Decent, you could probably get a decent return for him. Too. Okay, so that's that's another $13.4 million off the books in addition to the $4.5 million from Mike Remmers. We're getting somewhere here, Manny Hill. We are getting somewhere. We'll get back to the defensive ends in just one second. That's the next area that Courtney looks at. But, again, we're going to break down the defensive end position in depth here in just a few minutes. Uh, first, though, let's look at safety. And uh, she proposes, and I think this is one that you, me, Manny, and, and, and most Vikings fans can get behind. Seems like a good dude, a funny dude uh, for us in the media, but Andrew Sandejo has a $5.5 million cap hit, and you can opt to move on from him. Yeah. A pre-June 1st release would uh, give you $5.5 million in cap space. It's been real, Andrew Sandejo, right? Yeah, yeah okay. he's, he's gone, I think. And, and again, that's another position that you have options at. You, Anthony Harris came in, did a nice job. He's developed nicely under Mike Zimmer. I, I think that's a that's a pretty easy decision. Another $5 million off the books. Okay, then at tight end, Kyle Rudolph's deal. She says the Vikings would not part ways with their tenured tight end, but Rudolph is entering the final year of his contract, has no guaranteed money left on his deal, and carries a $7.625 million cap number. If Minnesota offers Rudolph a short-term extension along with the signing bonus to bring down his cap hit, that could free up somewhere in the range of 2 to $3 million. Yeah, I would do that. Okay. Um, I will say this, and I like Kyle Rudolph, and he's been very productive for this team for a long time now. I'm I'm totally cool with bringing him back. I do think they need to explore other options at tight end, though, to to complement him. Let me ask you this. Do you go to him and say, look, we need to restructure or we need to part ways? I probably would, yeah. And that's it's, that's a tough thing to do because he's been, I mean, he's got a strong connection with the franchise, obviously. He's been here a long time, a strong connection with the community. 
he's been, you know, Walter Payton Man of the Year right. candidate and and all of that stuff. I mean, Kyle's Kyle's been a big, a big, huge figure in this community. But I, I think you do have to think about the future of this organization. You have to make football decisions, unfortunately, and I think they've got to. They've, that's a that's a talk they've got to sit down and have with him about restructuring. And if that's not something that he wants to do, I think they have to do what's right for the franchise and 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 maybe maybe part ways because they've got they've got other needs. So with Rudolph, whether if if you if he'll restructure, you can save around two or three million. Sure. And if you decide to just cut ties, you can save a little over seven and a half million. We are creating some real cap space for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I don't know if Chris Spielman needs our services, but we are available. Uh, just hit us up at Score North, and then we get to defensive end and. Uh, we start with Everson Griffin, of course, and here's what Courtney said about Everson Griffin. Upon his return midway through the season after dealing with mental health issues, Griffin had his lowest sack total, five and a half since 2013, when he was a rotational edge rusher, largely considered a top 10 pass rusher, would create a hole on the defensive line, cutting Griffin before June 1st, would come with a cap savings of $10.7 million. Mm. And she points out depth at defensive end between Stephen Weatherly, Tayshawn Bauer, but might have to use a high draft pick on a defensive end to make cutting Griffin worth it. Do you cut Everson Griffin and uh, go in a different direction at defensive end? And I know this is something that Collar yeah. has talked about on this very show and in his column at scorenorth.com. So mm-hmm. I'll bring this up with him uh, when Matthew Collar joins us at about 1220. But again, let's look at the defensive end position as a whole, Manny, as, as we consider this this decision. You have a, a, a Pro Bowl left ta- left defensive end with Daniil Hunter. So you're set there. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Richardson, it's unclear if he'll be back. That He's a, he's a free agent, right? Yep, is, he okay. is. Yep. So you may be without one defensive tackle. If you let Everson Griffin go, you're left with two of your starting four on, on your defensive line, and that's Daniil Hunter and Linvale Joseph. Behind those guys, Richardson and Griffin, you have Tom Johnson, Stephen Weatherly, Jalen Holmes. Um, is that... Is that enough de- enough depth along with the draft pick for you to be willing to to part ways with Everson Griffin I th- and save ten million dollars? I think I think because of how much you're saving, yes. And I think because I mean Stephen Weatherly stepped in when when Everson Griffin was out last year, and he did a pretty nice job. I mean he he's developed pretty nicely under under this defense the last couple of years, and I think because you have depth there, and you you're you're if you if you part ways with Everson Griffin, I think you you are going to have to address it. You're going to have to address that position probably somewhere in the draft. I don't know if you'll necessarily need to do that with your first round pick. Um, I know a lot of fans probably wouldn't be thrilled if they did the, if they used their first round pick on a defensive end because everybody wants them to take an offensive lineman. Um, but I I think you would have to do that somewhere in the draft, whether it's second, third round, something like that, just to just to sort of maintain some depth there. But you've got, I mean, Stephen Weatherly stepped in and did a pretty nice job. Now, the question with Stephen Weatherly is, you know, he, he's he been very nice as like a rotation right. defensive end and filling in. If you turn this into a situation where he is like the full-time defensive starting defensive end for a full 16-game season, are you going to get sort of the same production that you would have gotten from an Everson Griffin um, you know, before before the whole situation came about with Everson last year, so that that's a question you got to ask yourself. But if you can save, what was it ten million? Ten point seven Everson million. Griffin? Yeah, 
that's a lot of money that you'd be freeing up. My question is this. But it's as, a, it would be a tough, as you that's can a tough see, decision to make because that's been a big part of the defense. As we go time. through these potential decisions that the Vikings will have to make this offseason, Manny, none of these moves individually exist in a vacuum. And right. we, t- we talked about trading away Xavier Rhodes to save yourself $13.4 million. Can you also afford to lose two of your three best defensive linemen? Because defense is like playing dominoes. It, it, yeah. It, your your front your front four and the pressure up front makes the job a lot easier for the guys in the back. So not if you're trading if you're trading Xavier Rhodes and and asking other guys to step up and and fill in the void that he leaves is that asking too much when you're also letting two of your three best pass rushers go? Is that putting too much pressure on on this defense? Even Mike Zimmer being who Mike Zimmer is, it is, but. This head coach has been known to be a defensive genius. Okay. And and it's it's one of those things where you have to I mean, when you go through this and when you have when you build a good team, a team that has a lot of talent on especially on like one side of the ball, like the Vikings have with their defense, eventually you're gonna have to make some sacrifices and some guys are gonna get let go. And I mean, you look at Seattle, the the Legion of Boom doesn't exist anymore. Right. All of those guys are gone and and off. I mean, Cam Chancellor's done playing, I guess, and Richard Sherman's in San Francisco and we'll see where Earl where Earl Thomas ends up. But that's that was one of the great defenses that this league has ever seen. And they are they basically had like a three or four year window and then they were basically dismantled and that's just the way that's the way the NFL works now and unfortunately for the Vikings they're going to have to make some decisions on who they want to keep on this defense to try and keep this defense intact as much as possible because you look on the other side of the ball your quarterback needs help right your quarterback needs more weapons your quarterback needs an upgraded offensive line and you're gonna you, you can't just go out and just give everybody a bunch of money and just draft every single position of need especially they only have five draft picks right now too so they're gonna have to make some tough decisions i don't think you know the 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 guys that we've listed that we've talked about releasing i don't know if all of those guys are going to be gone or traded but I think a couple of them are probably going to have to be if this team is going to make some upgrades on the other side of the ball. So between cutting Mike Remmers, cutting or trading Xavier Rhodes, either restructuring or letting Rudolph go, letting Sandejo go and letting Griffin go, you and I, Manny Hill, <laughs> just save the Vikings somewhere between thirty-six and a half and forty-one and a half million dollars. And you can you can do some you can do you can some do, things with you that. Can, you can do some things agency. with that money. You could do some things with that in free agency, or you could extend Adam Thielen's contract, or you could not extend Adam Thielen's contract. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that around these parts, but <laughs> we'll have that discussion coming up at 12:40. Matthew Collar, who's usually in this seat at this time for this show, he's out at the uh, press conference for the Vikings to introduce their new assistant coaches. He'll join us live next. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and Score. North.com. Hey, Royce, we want to show people how easy it is to find the Garage Logic podcast. 
Why? Just read this one line. One line? Yes. Alexa, play Garage Logic. Okay. Why? I hear Joe for the last 25 years. Alexa, play Beast of Bird. No! My favorite sound song. I'll never be. Oh, my God. Finding the Garage Logic podcast is easy. Where's Rock? Go to garagelogic.com, the Apple Podcast app, wherever you find your podcasts, or find Garage Logic on Alexa. That's We're pinning our ears back. Scorenorth.com. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place where you're going to get Vikings and football talk five days a week at noon right here on these airwaves and streaming live on scorenorth.com, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. The guy who's usually sitting in this seat at this time for this show and will be sitting in this seat for his very own show, Score North Live, from 2 to 4 this afternoon. Matthew Collar joins us now. Matthew, how are you this afternoon, sir? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. And where where are you? What's going on with the Vikings today? <laughs> I am uh, in the uh, Twins Media Center at TCO Performance Center, and uh, I am awaiting multiple press conferences that will go on today to announce uh, new coaches, including an offensive line coach. I know everyone is super interested in that. So and, interested. Uh, also, quarterback coach Clint Kubiak is here. Gary Kubiak is here. Oh, and uh, Kevin Stefanski supposed to talk as well so there's uh basically the introduction of all the new additions to the coaching staff this offseason that sounds like a lot of press conference are you going to be here in time for your radio show at two o'clock or am i hosting every show on these airwaves today (laughs) no i I will okay for sure uh, all right yeah you'd be surprised that uh football people don't always want to take you through all their plans for the (laughs) offseason but but you know, but you know, there are a few things that we're looking for. I mean, number one at the top of the list uh, is what is Gary Kubiak's role? I right. mean, he's being brought in as an offensive assistant. What exactly does that mean? Assistant head coach slash offensive advisor. I mean, what is that? I mean, is he going to be uh, on a day to day basis here in the facility and working hand in hand with Kevin Stefanski, or is he kind of on the side and Kevin Stefanski runs things and goes to him when he's got a problem or needs advice? I mean, how hands-on is Gary Kubiak going to be? Uh, It's uh, pretty clear that Gary Kubiak could have gotten offensive coordinator jobs that there were interests uh, out there for him, and he decided to take this. I think that's another question uh, as well. And does this mean that the Shanahan-style offense is coming to Minnesota, which I I think it is. I mean, I don't think you bring in Gary Kubiak to help you out unless you're going to run that style of offense. So that's going to be quite a change. And here we are with uh, a lot of uh, changes over the last few years for for these players, for the guys who have been here. You're asking them uh, to learn a lot of new things again. So uh, I think there are some things that we will be looking for today. Correct me if I'm wrong. I was I was frantically googling it while you were talking there and, and didn't find the info in time. But didn't they also put assistant head coach as one of the tags on on Gary Kubiak? And does that mean anything, or is that just a title that they hand out? No, that's correct. They did, and I you know that's another thing we want to know is what exactly that means. Now, the way that I interpret that at this moment before we hear Gary Kubiak talk is that he will be a go-between with Mike Zimmer and Kevin Stefanski. That, you know, when Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer didn't have to ask too many questions about what was going on on offense because Pat Shermer had been around a very long time and had a lot of success in the NFL and was having a lot of success here with the Vikings. 
uh, that season. So there weren't a whole lot of complaints from Mike Zimmer about the offense. But last year, when it was someone less experienced, uh, I think that he struggled to communicate with John D. Filippo, or at least the messages that Zimmer was sending were not getting through all the time to John D. Filippo. And I think the relationship is good between Stefanski and Zimmer. They've been working together for quite some time, uh, but it might not hurt for someone to be in between those two with uh, the way Mike Zimmer has a tendency to to get frustrated with his offense. So, Carla, does this essentially mean that Mike Zimmer, in some ways, with Gary Kubiak being in place, that he maybe feels that he doesn't have to concern himself with the offense as much on, on game days because he has a guy on the sidelines now, you know, along with Kevin Stefanski, but a guy who has led, you know, coordinated successful offenses in the past, has won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Is Mike Zimmer now feeling like that that side of the ball is one less thing that he has to worry about? Now he can really go gung-ho all on the defense on Sundays? Yeah, no, I think that that's right. I, I think that uh, Zimmer does have a good understanding for what works for offenses against his defenses. But in terms of being in control of an offense, I don't think that that's something that Zimmer wants a part of. And, you know, I know that he gets criticism for that, but there are other head coaches in the league who only control the offense and don't touch the defense. I mean, you don't have to look very far. Sean McVay has nothing to do with the Los Angeles Rams defense. That's entirely on Wade Phillips to be in control of that. So uh, it's not super uncommon. I mean, I don't know how someone can coach everything all at once, and when your specialty has always been defense from the time you stepped into the league, it makes a lot of sense for him to put as much focus as he can. I, I think it's just communicating and also having Gary Kubiak guide Kevin Stefanski if he is going to run this Shanahan-style offense. You look back at, at what Kubiak has done in his career, and it's really impressive. I mean, yes, of course, he had John Elway at the beginning, but you know, Jake Plummer uh, all of a sudden becomes a great quarterback when he's with Denver. Brian Greasy was a good quarterback when he was uh, with uh, Gary Kubiak in Denver as well, and then we saw even Joe Flacco, who has been on the downside, but in 2014 with Gary Kubiak as his offensive coordinator, Flacco had one of the better years of his career, and I think that that's really what Zimmer is looking for here. Maybe less so to just wash his hands of the offense, but maybe more to just have someone who can guide them as best he can. And maybe Kubiak didn't want the full responsibility of being an offensive coordinator because a lot goes on with that. So maybe just where he's been and and the health issues he's had at times during his career it may have influenced him to take a position like this. And that's something that we're going to be uh, asking him for sure. But that's that's my impression on it. Talking with Matthew Collar here. He'll be here for uh, Score North Live coming up at 2 o'clock. He's on uh, Purple Daily with us. I wanted to uh, bring in on the conversation we were having just before we brought you on the air. Manny and I were busy at work freeing up space for the Vikings to go play in free agency or maybe trade for Antonio Brown, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. And here's what we came up with along with the assistance of uh, Courtney Cronin's contribution to the uh, column at ESPN.com of how teams get out of salary cap hell. Uh, we cut Mike Remmers. We traded Xavier Rhodes. We cut Andrew Sandejo. We uh, <laughs> we cut Everson Griffin. And we told Kyle Rudolph either renegotiate or go find a new team. And we saved somewhere between $36.5 and $41.5 million, Matthew. Would you, would you not do any one of those five moves I just listed off? Well, I think every one of those that you mentioned is plausible. The one that would probably give me pause in terms of its realistic possibility is the trade of Xavier Rhodes. 
because when you look who's running this team and, and Mike Zimmer, are you going to convince him to trade away the guy that's been his shutdown corner over the last few years? And I understand that Rhodes did not have his best year last year, but when you look at when he was targeted, quarterbacks were still producing a rating of about 88, which is below average. And usually he's locked on to the best receiver that a team has. And if I recall correctly, I think the Packers got him pretty good twice. And then everybody else, for the most part, didn't. And uh, some penalties really hurt those pro football focus grades. And I think you could probably attribute that a lot to playing through injuries. But uh, I think you'd have a tough time convincing Zimmer, a guy who loves his cornerbacks, and I think that the defense really starts there with the strength in the secondary that uh, he's going to be traded away. Now, the rest of those things are very plausible. I mean, Kyle Rudolph has zero dead cap if they want to cut him, so I think that they would probably go to him and say, how can we rework this? Because he's a guy that uh, has been extremely reliable. I know that he gets criticized a lot, but every time you throw the football in his direction, he catches it, and if you look at the tight ends around the league, yes, he's certainly not Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski, but... He is well above average and I think has been for a long time at the receiving part of the game. So I don't think that they want to move on from him. And then those other spots are really interesting. I mean, Everson Griffin, uh, we don't know a ton of details about what happened with him and then the second half of the year, what the team thinks of his performance and whether he could turn it around. Clearly he was not himself over those final few weeks. Um, and, and that's what makes it tough is, you know, do they see a guy who's going to just bounce back after an off season and has his issues resolved or someone who's on the downturn of their career and you can move on from him and create a ton of space. And those are the, the Sendejo and Remmers one, I think are almost foregone conclusions unless they wanted to rework Remmers deal to keep him as a swing tackle or just a, a versatile lineman. But yeah, the, to your point though, that when we brought up the idea of Antonio Brown, one of the biggest things that was a response was, well, they can't afford him. Um, when you look at some of those moves, yeah, teams can find their way around the salary cap and have been for a very long time. I love that you went down the road of how plausible it is to trade Xavier Rhodes when you've been talking about trading for Antonio Brown for 12 days. We're not talking about what's well, plausible. No. We're talking about what you would do. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Xavier Rhodes would have to be traded in that scenario. I to think get an Antonio that, uh, Brown, you mean? Yeah, because yeah. I don't think the price is very high on Antonio Brown. And I was laughing hysterically at their general manager yesterday saying, well, no, we don't have to trade him when he and the owner just agreed that it was better to part ways. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I, think, I think you do have to trade him, and I also don't think you're getting too many teams to go crazy. Now, would I let go Xavier Rhodes? I would not. I mean, I think that um, – the number one thing in the NFL is passing and stopping the pass. And when you have someone who is capable of shutting down the league's best wide receivers, or at very least he just alters game plans because you know he's going to be locked on to the other team's number one, uh, I, don't, I don't want that gone. Uh, I would say that possibly reworking his deal um, w- might be in the cards, but you know, I, I think that you want as much cornerback depth as you could possibly have. If, Collar, if they do decide to part ways with Everson Griffin, and that's that's still a big if, we'll see how that, we'll see what actually happens there. But if they decide to go that route to part ways with him, would, would it be wise for them to use a higher draft pick, not necessarily 18, but a, a higher draft pick to, on a defensive end, or do you feel like they're, they're in decent shape there depth wise? Well, I think as it pertains to both Everson Griffin and Sheldon Richardson, when you look at this draft, it is 
super stacked with really good defensive linemen. And that's one thing that will be a consideration, I would think, as far as whether they bring either one of those players back, is if you draft at 18, you are likely to get a guy who can step right in. I like what I saw from Stephen Weatherly last year. His progress from year one to year two to year three was really significant, and I think he even surprised some people here with how well he was able to step in when Everson Griffin was gone. That being said, it's not easy to replace Everson Griffin, and I don't think Stephen Weatherly was anywhere close to what Griffin is in his prime. And another factor that will go into this is – the edge rushers that are out there, I mean, if you're cutting Everson Griffin, you create something in the range of $11 million in cap space. There are a bunch of edge rushers on the free agent market. Some of them may end up getting franchise tagged, like, uh, you know, D. Ford from Kansas City, uh, Frank Clark from the Seahawks. But when you look at uh, the production that's out there uh, possible on the free agent market, they may look at the situation and say, you know what? for about the same money, we could bring in somebody else that didn't have a downturn in their career or is younger and have somebody over at that position. So the options are numerous, and and that's one of the things that they're going to have to weigh here is Everson Griffin's 31. The the bounce back as you get into your 30s seems harder and harder to do. So as much as it would be tough to move on from him because of who he is and who he's been, uh, there are so many options that that might be a consideration. Matthew, I know you got to run. These press conferences are going to start in a minute, and we are up against a break. I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on on one more thing. A couple days ago, Blake Barrett's uh, the the agent for Adam Thielen. He was on this show and and made it sound as though the two sides were pretty close to a contract extension. Which I think everybody around here went, "Oh, great! That that makes sense to keep Adam Thielen around." Lewis Riddick, though, yesterday on NFL Live, he had a different take on it. I wanted your thoughts on what Lewis Riddick had to say. There's no question. Look, he's a three-position player. He can play X, Z, and E, meaning he can play the split end, he can play the flanker, he can play in the slot. And, and literally, the slot is where the yards are there to be had right now in the NFL. When you're talking about a guy who over the past two years has 200-plus catches and 13 touchdowns, he's the perfect complement to Stephon Diggs. He's the perfect complement to Kyle Rudolph. He's exactly the kind of player, and as you see here on these highlights, that that – that guaranteed money that they paid to their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, yeah. he needs him on this football team. So, yeah, they cannot do without him if they really want to get to where they want to get to, which is ultimately a Super Bowl. But to go ahead and redo his contract at this point and add any kind of uh, guaranteed years onto this, given all the other players they need to extend and sign, not smart. He says it's not smart to extend Adam hmm. Thielen. What do you think? Well, I respect uh, Lewis Riddick quite a bit, Mm -hmm. uh, but I I do think when you have a wide receiver of Adam Thielen's caliber who is making what, you know, your number four wide receiver might be that you sign uh, off the garbage heap on the free agent market, that there has to be a change there. And I understand where he's coming from, but with the way that they have found uh, to structure contracts in the past, uh, the Vikings have been flat-out brilliant with that, with their extensions and finding ways to keep players. And it's one of the things that they get complimented on all the time is how they're able to keep their star players and make sure they're taken care of. And they did that last year with Stephon Diggs and, and Daniil Hunter. And I would suspect that they do the same thing for Adam Thielen. I, I understand the argument that, hey, he signed this contract. Right, but, I mean, if you signed a, a deal with – Hubbard Broadcasting to be a board op, and then they made you in control of the whole station, you'd expect to get paid a little more. And that's kind of how it is with Adam Thielen. So, you know, I, I think that they will take care of him. But, you know, Lewis's point about the quarterback and how much he's getting paid and how much cap space he's taking up, it, it's, it's right. I mean, that's the thing. When you sign the quarterback to that big of a cap hit, 
it's going to put you in a lot of very tricky situations. But I think that Thielen is essential to what they do, and the really good wide receivers can often be really good into their early 30s, too. So I think a contract extension makes sense for Adam Thielen. That's Matthew Collar. He will uh, get the audio and the information from those press conferences today as the Vikings introduce their new assistant coaches, and he'll have it all for you and more on Score North Live coming up at 2 o'clock here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Thank you, Matthew. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. We'll hit a quick break, and on the other side, Manny and I will discuss how wise it is to extend Adam Thielen's contract. You're listening to Purple Daily. Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Back right after this. You aren't into Minnesota sports. Talk to the mitten. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. There's no question. Look, he's a three-position player. He can play X, Z, and E, meaning he can play the split end, he can play the flanker, he can play in the slot. And, and literally, the slot is where the yards are there to be had right now in the NFL. When you're talking about a guy who over the past two years has 200-plus catches and 13 touchdowns, he's the perfect complement to Stephon Diggs. He's the perfect complement to Kyle Rudolph. He's exactly the kind of player, and as you see here in these highlights, that that – that guaranteed money that they paid to their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, yeah. he needs him on this football team. So, yeah, they cannot do without him if they really want to get to where they want to get to, which is ultimately a Super Bowl. But to go ahead and redo his contract at this point and add any kind of uh, guaranteed years onto this, given all the other players they need to extend and sign, not smart. That was Lewis Riddick yesterday on NFL Live on ESPN. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 Score North. Dot com, the only place where five days a week you get Vikings and NFL talk. And you can also find us streaming live at SKORnorth.com, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We also provide the Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line, any Vikings programming that you're looking for. Just search for it at SCORENORTH.com on the Score North app or wherever you download podcasts. Just search Score North Vikings. And a couple days ago, Blake Barrett's the agent for uh, Adam Thielen was on this show, and Manny, I'm springing this on you. Do you have the sound of what uh, Blake Barrett said about the contract extension talks? I do. I believe. Where is it? Yes, I should have I done do this have during right. the break. No, you're good. I have you. it right here. You're very good at what you do. I think everyone knows that Adam deserves a new contract. There's, there, it's not as simple as just doing a, a high-level extension in a vacuum. Um, you know, there's other pieces, and the Vikings have done a phenomenal job of Managing their salary cap, you know, Rob Brzezinski is one of the best at, in the game at what he does, and it's not just how do we reward Adam Thielen, it's how do we put our, our 53-man roster together that also allows for us to have continued success into the future. And I understand that. You know, I have a job to do, and Rob and Rick and the Vikings have a job to do, and, and we respect what each other does. It doesn't mean we always have to agree, uh, but we respect what each other has to do as, as our profession. And I... I have a lot of respect for those guys. They've built an unbelievable organization. They've built a really, really good locker room, which I don't think people realize that's not the case everywhere. And this team has, has a lot of really good things in place for it. And I know they want to take care of Adam, and I know they want Adam there, and I know they want to reward Adam. And what exactly that looks like and when that happens, I can't speak to yet, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that um, everyone will come around and do the right thing. There's not... No one's being greedy. No one's um, – everyone understands the situation. And it's really in their court. I mean, it's not – you know, he has a couple years left on his deal, uh, but he's, he's, earned, he's earned a significant pay raise. Not to mention 
when he's not on the field, he, he might be one of the best people in the entire National Football League and represents the city and the organization and the state and, frankly, the entire region uh, unbelievably. So uh, if it was just me sitting in Rick's chair or, or Ziggy or Mark's chair or Rob Brzezinski's chair, it would be easy, easy to write the check to him, but I understand it doesn't happen in a vacuum. So we're all hopeful that it will get done. That's all that I can say. So that was Blake Barrett's, the agent for Adam Thielen a couple days ago on this show. And it, and it sounds, Manny, read between the lines. You don't even have to read that hard. Like something is close between mm-hmm. the Vikings and Adam Thielen and some sort of contract extension. And everything that he just said right there is absolutely true about Adam Thielen, the football player, Adam Thielen, the man. I know how well-liked he is around these parts and by Vikings fans and so nothing at all against Adam Thielen personally. And, th- and I can't even criticize much about Adam Thielen, the football player. He's a pretty complete football player. But the one thing that I would sort of take issue with there and, and everything that Blake Barrett said, and I, I think this is what Lewis Riddick is saying too, is when Blake Barrett says, we expect everyone to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that from the standpoint of of what's fair for Adam Thielen in terms of his compensation because of how far his star has risen since he got into the NFL. He's talking about that from the standpoint of the Vikings taking care of, of one of their fan favorites and a guy who's been great for the community and, like he said, a great representative for the team, the state, the region, the country, however far you want to go with that. But... You're weighing doing the right thing from from a, a moral standpoint, if you will, versus doing the right thing from a business standpoint and a winning football game standpoint. And we just, in the first segment of this show, Manny, we had to cut Mike Remmers, trade Xavier Rhodes, cut Andrew Sedejo, <laughs> let Everson Griffin walk, and tell Kyle Rudolph, hey, renegotiate, or we're going to let you go too, yeah. just to free up some cap space and get them out of the salary cap hell that they're in before before you make those moves. And I would say two of those five moves is almost sure to happen. Remmers and Sandejo are almost sure to go. The other mm-hmm. three... I think you could go either way. And like Matthew just said, trading Xavier Rhodes is probably a long shot. So right now, the Vikings are 30th in the league in cap space. Out of 32 teams. Out of 32 teams. Even if you free up some money, and I've talked about this before, when you sign Kirk Cousins to a three-year, fully guaranteed contract where he's making nearly $30 million a year, you pushed all your chips to the center of the table on the next three seasons and mm-hmm. reaching the mountaintop in those three seasons. How would that money better be spent here in the next three years? Giving Adam Thielen more money and extending him into his 30s at a point where Kirk Cousins is going to walk and who knows the fate of the franchise after that. You may be tearing the whole thing down, rebuilding and starting over again at that point. I know that's not a pleasant thought for anybody around here, but that's a realistic possibility Mm -hmm. when the Kirk Cousins era is over. Is that the way to go? Or is it smarter to use whatever money you're about to free up in free agency to add talent to this roster on top of what you already have for the next two years in Adam Thielen? If he had one year left on the contract, okay, I would entertain contract extension negotiations but with two years left on the contract you hold all the leverage you hold all the leverage in terms of negotiations outside of quote unquote doing the right thing like Blake Barrett said right there 
How is it beneficial for the Vikings to to extend Adam Thielen's contract right now and add money to a payroll that's already dangerously close to the salary cap? Um, I I hear you. Like I I feel what you're saying. I think the danger that you could potentially face if you go back to Adam Thielen and and Blake Barrett's and say, okay, listen, you guys. Look, we gave you a contract a couple of years ago, and this is the contract. And right now, we can't we can't negotiate anything. We can't, you know, restructure. We can't extend or anything because we got to think about other aspects of this team that we got to improve. I mean, that's a that's a dangerous game to play because you need Adam Thielen. I mean, we heard in Lewis what Lewis Riddick said, like he's a big part of what they do, and you need him and you need to keep them as happy as possible because not only does the, like the team needs them and in more, more particularly Kirk cousins needs Adam, but Thielen. you have him, you Kirk have cousins him, and, and Adam need, Thielen's contract, but you run want them happy currently right now, don't but, they? Yeah, but you want, but you want Adam Thielen happy too. And I know that how I mean, much is Adam Thielen's happiness worth to you? <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, to me, it's it, it is what it is. But to Kirk Cousins, like Kirk Cousins needs Adam Thielen, like he needs Adam Thielen. He's not going anywhere. He's not holding out. But he need, but he and needs, I know, I know this sounds cold. And again, I know how people feel about Adam I, Thielen around here. I know he ain't going nowhere. I, I I know. But here's the thing: it's it's always a dangerous game to play, though. When you when a guy feels he deserves more money and when you look at the production and you say yeah he does deserve more money and then you tell him you're not going to get more money no and i know and i and, and listen i i just think it's a it's a dangerous game to play because i think it's easy to look at adam thielen and look at his personality and think he'll be good he'll be cool but you just you just don't know that you just don't know that i would tell him you deserve more money and we'll talk about that next year. <laughs> That's what I would tell him. We'll talk about that but if next he holds season. Out, when you have one year left out of your contract, he's not going to hold out. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm you sure. Positive, he's not going to hold. I'm ninety nine percent sure that okay. Adam Thielen wouldn't hold okay. out. Not with two years left on his contract. With one year left on his contract, maybe things reach a point by then where the the negotiations have soured enough that he would hold out. At this point, with two years left on the contract, no, he's not going to hold out. And again, I'm, this is going to sound cold, but this is business. Yeah, it is. Does Adam Thielen have enough money to hold out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Does Adam Thielen have enough money to not get paid and pay the fines that are incurred when you hold out of camp? I think this goes back to the huge contract that you gave to the quarterback, though, and the fact that he is making this amount of money and then we're still looking at trying to surround him with even more talent to try and get the most out of him. I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, Collar talked about it, that this is kind of the situation you have when you're paying a quarterback this, this amount of money and he's not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees because you need to surround him with as much talent as possible. And it's hard to do that when you're paying him. $30 $30 million a year. And now you, you've got a situation where you have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL who is significantly underpaid right now, mm-hmm. and he's going to want a new deal, and his agent wants a new deal. And now you they, they're, in a, they're in a very, very... 
prickly situation right now. It's something that they're going to, I mean, and I don't think it would be wise for them to go into this, go into training camp and just say, ah, nah, Adam's not going to hold out. Because if I were a betting man, I would bet that Adam Thielen wouldn't hold out, but I don't know for sure that he wouldn't. And I mean, and if he does, then you've got, you've got an issue. From the looks of it, it doesn't sound like it's a prickly situation. It sounds like things are good between Adam Thielen and the Vikings and that these, these negotiations are going on. And we did say at the beginning, it sounds like something is close to happening. I think I'm taking it in a prickly direction (laughs) (laughs) in this hypothetical that I'm laying out where I don't, I, I, I don't, fold to their request for a contract extension until next offseason. I will say this, that I do think that, and and we heard it in the clip with from Blake Barrett's, that Rob Brzezinski is a master at this stuff of restructuring and moving things around cap-wise to get them in a position where they can make some moves and still be okay. Because it's, I mean, it's been a long time since the Vikings were in just absolute salary cap hell to where they just had to start cutting a bunch of guys and blow the whole thing and blow the whole thing up and start over. If you want to curse me out for uh, suggesting that maybe you don't extend the contract of Adam Thielen, I'm at Rami is tweeting on Twitter. He's Manny Hill. He's at Manny Hill. This is Purple Daily every day at noon right here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We'll talk to you next time.